0: What's happening, everybody? What's going on? I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to episode 406 of BD4. Welcome to the podcast. We're here to talk Yankees. It is, as I speak, Sunday, September 18th, and as you are listening to the show, it's Monday, September 19th, 2022. The Yankees just finished off a series against the Milwaukee Brewers, where they cooled off in the first two games, but they did salvage the series with a win on Sunday, today. Um, so let's talk about it. Welcome to the show. And again, we're not going to waste any time. We're going to get right into this. But, if you are new, be sure to subscribe to the show. Make sure to download these episodes and all that. Follow me on social media. So the first game of the set took place... Jeez. Friday? Friday. The Yankees... In Milwaukee, to face the Brewers. Little interleague series. I do miss the uh, rules where the pitchers got to bat. Cry, bitch, moan all you want. I do. But um, you had Montes going up against Hauser. And the Yankees lose this 7-6. to six. Um, Top of the first inning. They get off to a good start, though. Donaldson, the sack fly. IKF, singles in a run. Marwan Gonzalez, an RBI single. It's 3-0 just like that. Top of the second, they push it to 5-0. You got the Donaldson force out. Uh, the E5 helped scored runs, And it was 5-0 Yankees after two innings. After one and a half innings. But then it happened. Bottom of the second inning, um, Willie Adamas, who went, who'd, this kid would end up having a killer series. Uh, Yankees just can't get away from him whether it's in Tampa or Milwaukee. His home run makes it 5-3. And then, he comes back in the bottom of the fourth, Adamas, and doubles in a run. And then, Rowdy Tellez, former Blue Jay, I believe, gets the sacrifice fly, and all of a sudden, it went from 5 nothing Yankees to a 5-5 tie after four innings. And it got worse after the Yankees failed to score... For the next four innings, the Brewers finally scored in the bottom of the eighth, breaking the tie when Isaiah Conner-Falefa made another huge error at shortstop. The E6 brings in a run to make it 6-5 Milwaukee. Donaldson, with a clutch home run, does tie the game at six in the top of the ninth. But the bottom of the ninth comes and Mitchell singles in the winning run. The Brewers win 7-6. to six. Now the Yankee bats were good, six runs on 11 hits, four extra base hits. Six walks, 11 strikeouts. Two for 11, though, in scoring position, up 11 men on base as a team. But it was a real solid offensive showing. There were some real good individual performances. Judge had two hits and a walk. labor Torres had two hits and a double. Donaldson, the big home run, obviously. Three RBIs. Um, Cabrera had two hits, three walks, a double. Played right field, left field, and first base in this game. IKF had a hit, an RBI, a walk. But he made that huge error in the 8th inning. And yes, Michael Kay, that was definitely Isaiah kind of full fault. I don't understand how you cannot not say that's his fault. Any top shortstop, any average shortstop is able to make that play. He didn't make the play. And listen, I like IKF. I like his bat. I've been saying all season, I think his bat's fine. He's a contact bat at the bottom of the order. That's fine. He's a guy who can hit with runners in scoring position. Right? Keep the line moving. But gosh damn, man. hes he, I, I do not trust this guy at shortstop. Especially being that the Yankees have a ton of ground ball relief pitchers. I just see it. Late in a postseason game. Routine ground ball to IKF. He has to move one or two feet to his left or right and he botches it. Or just something hit right at him and he and he botches it. I can just see it. And the problem is we should have dealt with this a while ago. But we're still trying to force IKF at shortstop. Peraza doesn't play. He doesn't play. The Yankees brought him up here. They brought him up here. Stopped his minor league season short. And you think they brought him up here to play. But no. They brought him up here, and now they're just completely halting his development. So he's not even playing every day. He's not even getting baseball reps. His progression just stopped. He's not progressing his career. It's a, You'd think it's a simple fix. You, you, you play IKF off the bench, and you have Peraza take the shortstop spot. Or you have IKF go to third and Peraza takes the shortstop spot. Either way, Peraza should be at shortstop. Now, Donaldson's starting to hit. Donaldson's, you know, the veteran. He's being paid. Politics and all that is going to keep him in the lineup. You know that. But at the very least, you can, like, split time with IKF and Peraza. You you, you can't have IKF be the full-time shortstop in a postseason game, man. In postseason, period. It's been a problem, and it's something I'm never going to get over. This guy can't do it. It's it's not... It reminds me of Miguel Andujar at third base. It does, and it's going to cost them. It reminds me of Gary Sanchez behind the plate. It's going to cost them. Shortstop is the most important infield position. It's the captain of the infield, just like centerfield is the captain of the outfield. It's a battery spot defensively. You can't have that there. Anyways, uh, he was one for. He had one hit in a walk. He got on twice. He did produce offensively to a degree. Gonzalez was one for three with an RBI. Anduhar was over. Boone got thrown out on the bad call, strike three on Anduhar. Um, Trevino was also over. He's banged up a bit. Um, Higashioka shouldn't be on a major league team. Hicks was two for four. Double. Um, how he's still getting at bats in the middle of a pennant race is beyond me. But he's been producing lately, and we'll talk a little bit on him because he had some comments. Stanton was over four. He walked, left three more men on base. Frankie Montas um, pitched in this one, and he was. <laughs> I you know man, I don't know. I I don't know anymore. I like I I try my best to. Stick with this guy, but three and a third innings pitched, four runs, four hits, four walks, two strikeouts, and one home run allowed. This guy absolutely blows, and I don't think I want a part of him the rest of the year, in the playoffs, or even next year because he's still under contract. I don't know what they're gonna do, but this guy—I mean—he—he's ran out of time. There's, no, there's nothing he can do right now until the playoffs that's going to get me to buy in because he's got, what, two, three more starts total? That's not enough. He can go out there and throw you know, three quality starts. That's not going to change my mind. He's not getting the job done. In this game, he didn't get it done again. His slider sucked, and his splitter and sinker weren't really getting chases. Because he had no other pitch to compliment them with. So they just spat on him. They spat on the sinker. They spat on the uh, splitter. The fastball. He's just so awful to watch, too. Just as a watch. He just drags through the game. Laboring constantly. Nibbling. People want to talk about Sonny Gray nibbling. The comparisons are there because he can't pitch in New York The nibblers, I mean, he nibbles. Just the energy is so low in Frankie Montez games. After the game, he went and got an uh, an MRI. And I went back and checked. He wasn't throwing as hard as he normally does. Now, we said he's okay in an interview the next day. But I don't know. You, You trade for a guy with shoulder problems, and you knew about that. That just rubs me the wrong way. It rubs me the wrong fucking way. Meanwhile, you got Luis Castillo over in Seattle throwing six shutout every other start. He's. Pro- I have a feeling Montas is going to go to the DL either way. It's either going to be a phantom DL stint because he's sucked or it's going to be a real DL stint because he's hurt. But I'm not, I have no faith in him. And I'm going to talk about where my... Uh, Postseason rotation is, in a second, the bullpen. Ah, uh, Jesus! Boone used about six hundred relievers again. I get Monta sucks like a lot, but Christ! Did you have to use that many guys? He could have won Domingo like Domingo Herman pitched, could have won four for you. Could have you could have let him go, you know, three or four innings. But why the hell is that guy being punished for Severino's return? He was your most consistent starter since he was placed into the rotation. He was a guaranteed quality outing every time out. He gets booted? That pisses me off. But the Yankees lost that game 7-6 via the walk-off. And they also lost the second game of the set, scoring only one run. They lost this one 4-1. going up uh, going up against Woodruff, Brandon Woodruff bottom of the third there's that man again Willie Adamas with the home run makes it 3-0 Brewers in their shitty ugly uniforms top of the fourth Donaldson homers again 3-1 but the bottom of the fifth comes the doubles in a run it's 4-1 and that was it for the scoring the Yankees just got one run on five hits three of them extra base hits one walk only 12 strikeouts 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position diabolical and five left on base as a team. Judge, Torres, Donaldson, Peraza, and Hicks each with a hit. Judge doubled, walked, made an excellent throw in this game to stop Yelich from tagging from third and going home. Just the threat of his arm. Donaldson, again another home run. Peraza, one for two. Hicks, one for three. Stanton, 0 for four. Four strikeouts. We will touch on him. Andujar, 0 for four. He is not hit. Kind of done with him. Cabrera was 0 for 4, 3 strikeouts. Higgy 0 for 3. Marwin left the game early after that weird 9-catcher's interference. Interference. Catcher literally just threw it at his head. It was the weirdest thing ever. Um. But, yeah, the Yankees were bad. Woodruff bitched them around for 8 innings. The Yankees were just awful versus him. Double plays, strikeouts, quick at-bats. Awful. Tyone was was pretty bad. He'd been better lately, but he only won five innings, gave up four runs on four hits, two walks, four strikeouts, and you know let up another home run, of course. Um, you know he is who he is. He's just so-so. Say it all the time. In the bullpen, you had Wiser, Chapman, and I believe Marinaccio, giving you a combined three innings, no runs, no hits, two walks, four strikeouts. Chapman, uh, he made his first. He he I don't know, what the fuck? I can't fucking speak. Chapman. It was his it was Chapman's first game back. For fuck's sake. Um and he had awful command to start four pitch walk. He hit the mascot. <laughs> slider wasn't moving a ton. But he ended up pitching a score this inning. Um but the Yankees lost four to one. Then you got to today. Which was a much better game, where the Yankees won this game. The final game of the set. They took it by a score of twelve to eight. Garrett Cole versus Jason Alexander. Bottom of the first, he had Wong hit a home run. Just like that, it's three-nothing Milwaukee. Top of the second, Cabrera Homers, it's three to one. The bottom of the second, Taylor for Milwaukee Homers, it's four to one. Milwaukee. But the top of the third comes and Judge and Rizzo go back to back. Four to three. Top of the fifth comes and the Yankees take the lead. Stanton gets a run across on a fielder's choice. Cabrera singles in a run. Higgy singles in runs. Seven to four Yankees after five. Top of the seventh comes Hicks and Judge go back to back. Ten to four Yankees. Bottom of the eighth gets a little too close for comfort. Rowdy Tolez hits a home run, 10-6 Yankees. Top of the ninth, though, Yankees get two uh, two tack-on. When Judge doubles off the off a cement mixer slider, 12-6. And those tack-on runs ended up being pretty big. When in the bottom of the ninth, Peterson doubled in runs to make it 12-8. But the Yankees got it done in the end, scoring 12 runs on 16 hits, six of them extra base hits. Four walks, nine strikeouts, and three for 13 hitting with runners in scoring position. Aaron Judge, talk about having a day, having a season. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I mean, this kid, he was, so in this game, he was four for five with four RBIs, a walk, a single, a double, two home runs, three runs scored. Could have been five hits today if he didn't get robbed in the first inning of a hit by the center fielder. And that RBI double at the end just missed a home run. Talk about having a season when you hit a double and fans are disappointed. Aaron Judge on the season is in this. This is unbelievable to me. If you're watching the podcast, this graphic is hilarious, which it's not exactly updated. It's up, it's behind by a couple of innings, not games. It's it's the same game but it's behind by like an at bat. But on the season, he's batting 3.16 with a 4.19 uh, on-base percentage. A 7.01 slugging percentage. Donaldson's OPS is like 7.01. Judge's OPS is 1.120. 59 home runs and 127 RBIs. And this 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 little dweeb, apparently on Twitter. Um this this I don't know if he's a writer or a reporter. This kid, uh, apparently this guy Ben Verlander, I think his name is. Who Yankees fans are ruthlessly going after right now, rightly so. Is is just digging himself. Have you ever dug yourself? Such a deep hole in an argument, but your ego is too big to climb out and admit you're wrong, so you stick with it and just keep spewing your nonsense, even you even though you know that it's nonsense. That right now is Ben Verlander. I've been there, we've all been there. But his argument is is uh for, for Otani to win the MVP is um what's Aaron Judge's ERA? That's his argument. I think the counter argument is pretty simple. How many home runs does Ohtani have? How many RBIs does Ohtani have? How many runs has Ohtani scored? What's Ohtani's war? What's his on-base? What's Ohtani's slugging? His OPS plus. His OPS. His total bases. His extra base hits. His batting average. He's behind judging. Every single one of those numbers I just mentioned. So that's what also frustrates me is that this Verlander guy, this Ben Verlander guy, is talking about the only thing you can you could say about Judge is his fifty-nine home runs. It's like first of all, it's the weight of it too. Cause it's not like so even if it was even if that was the case and the only stat we're using is home runs. It's not like, like 50 home runs is the same as 30 home runs and 30 is the same as 60. No, there's a weight to everything. The more you hit, the more weight that single statistic holds. The guy's got 59. At some point, you've got to look at that and give it some more weight. But again, that's not the only stat. We just read an entire encyclopedia of statistics that Judge is ahead in right now. He's clearly... The guy's going for the triple crown. He's going for the triple slash... The triple slash leaderboard. Like, he's... He's he's not only going to win the triple crown if he, if he gets the average, which he's one behind in. There's a chance he wins the triple crown. There's a chance he breaks the home run record. And there's a chance he wins the triple slash. Which means he lead an average on base... Slogging in OPS, which is just absurd. So if, if if this is the year, if this if Aaron Judge having this season doesn't beat out Otani for MVP, then it's going to be Otani every year just because of the fact that he can pitch. People are so brainwashed because of that. It's great. He's having a phenomenal year. He's doing things that nobody's done. But so is Aaron Judge. To an even greater degree right now. It's one thing to hit 50 home runs and do it hitting 260. Judge is about to hit 65 home runs, give or take. And he's doing it batting well over 300. He's doing it playing every day. He's about... 6'8", and he's playing center field. He's an excellent center fielder. He's got, what, 15 stolen bases on top of that. His team, here's the important thing, his team is actually decent. He's on a good Yankees team that's going to win 95 wins, give or take, which is sad, given that they were once on pace for 125. But the Angels are dog shit. The Angels are garbage fluid, garbage meat. They're rancid trash it's just insane to me that we even have to go there Aaron Judge no Aaron Judge is the MVP and then some Um, where were we Anthony Rizzo in this game the third game of the set Returned. And he did well. He went three for six. With an RBI, a double, two singles. I'm sorry, an RBI, one home run, and two singles. Two runs scored. He looked great his first game back. The swing looked good. He was on time, making solid contact. So hopefully we see more of that. Gleyber Torres was one for four, had a walk, got on base two more times. Just missed another home run. To tie the game, I think it would have. But he's looked better at the plate for a bit. He's important to me. Glaber Torres is important. I think he's my my X factor down the stretch. I think you need more guys like... You need Glaber to be locked in. Let's just put it that way. Because when Glaber's locked in, we, we talk about this so much, he's shooting the ball the other way into the gaps. He's not just trying to pull home runs. He's settling for those singles. He has Homers in his bag. He's just have he he brings his balanced approach a balanced approach to the plate. So we need that. and right now we're getting that. You know I always thought he could be a 300 hitter. I think that's not happening anymore. but when he's locked in, he certainly looks like one. He could do it for stretches and that's what we're seeing right now. So hopefully Glaber continues to do this. And, and he's my stretch He's my he's my key down the stretch. He is a three thirty postseason hitter. Let's not forget that. The dude has raked in the postseason for the Yankees. So that's the that's the one thing keeping me like from totally wanting to ditch him. He does hit in the playoffs, and that's really all that matters in the end. So hopefully he can continue this, and we get that down the stretch. Donaldson was one for four at the walk. Starting to swing better. As much shit as I give him, I just... There's something in the back of my mind. It's like... I can just... I just see him coming up big in a postseason game... Series. In a postseason series, I just see him coming up with some big hits. So keep that in mind, too. Giancarlo Stanton was 0 for 5. He had an RBI. You know, he almost had a hit there. Hit it hard at shortstop, but it was ruled an error. But regardless... He was zero for five, and right now, it is very bad for Stanton at the moment. Like it's it's his timing is way off. There are fastballs. I mean, there are fastballs at ninety-three miles an hour going right by him. He's he's producing some awful swings. Just going up there, spinning around, doing 360s, chasing at pitches, and the left-handed hitters batting... Batting, fucking can't speak tonight. He's doing 360s. He's chasing... Suck. I fucking suck. He's doing 360s, and he's chasing at pitches, and the left-handed hitters batting... Oh, fuck me. He's doing 360s, and he's chasing at pitches... In the left-handed batting box. Fuck! He's doing 360s and he's chasing at pitches. In the left-handed hitter's batter's box. There we go. What did that take six times? But he's been bad. He's been so bad that the Yankees dropped him to fifth. In the order today. On June 12th. On June 12th, Stanton had the average at 276, an 877 OPS, 13 home runs, and a 30% K rate across 48 games so far. Since then, in 50 games, he's batting 147. With the 612 OPS, 13 home runs and a 30% K rate. So he is literally home runner bust since then. But lately, 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 he's been all bust. But I bring up a split like that because people forget that Stanton's not just struggled since he got back from the DL, but he's been so bad for the vast majority of the season. He had a good April, he had a good May. And he had a good first half of June. Since then, in the second half of June, July, August, and so far in September, he's been either unavailable due to injury or slumping hard. Nothing else. He's got to be better. They need this guy to mash if they want to go far in October. And you can tell when it's so—it's night and day just by looking at his at-bats. When he's on and when he's not. When he's on, he's not chasing pitches. He's laying off those close pitches. He's spitting on those sliders low and away. And he's mashing any mistake pitch you leave near the zone. But when he's off, like I said, 360s and, and swinging in the other side of the box. He's got to get it together. It's important that he gets it He It's important that he gets it together so if he's batting right behind Judge, they can't just give Judge the old IBB. Judge needs some protection, and Stanton's supposed to provide that, being that he's given $300 million. Cabrera. Oswaldo Cabrera, a bright spot. Went three for four today. He had two RBIs, a walk, a double, a home run, his second of the of his career, two runs scored. He had hits from both sides of the plate today. He also almost died today, like an inch away from colliding with Judge in the outfield. <sighs> but he's playing good defense in outfield every day. Um, but he's now, he's, he's a part of the team, and he has become a staple in this lineup too. He's playing every day. And he's doing so in the middle of the lineup, sometimes even at the top of the lineup. And he is hopefully starting to hit. In his last seven games, Oswaldo Cabrera is batting 346, nine hits, four extra base hits, five walks, and six RBIs in seven games. The dude's just a baseball player. That's, that's, that's who he is. He's a ball player. He plays with energy and he has fun and he's exactly what I was talking about when I brought up young, exciting, marketable guys around the league. He's out there to play baseball and have fun. Give him a position five minutes before the game, he'll probably say, okay, I'll play it and he'll do it well. He'll throw, he'll catch and he's making his way onto the playoff roster so long as he keeps doing this. So hopefully we keep getting some more offense out of him. Because I want to like Cabrera a lot. I do. So if he keeps hitting, we're good. And he doesn't have to rake, but just hit. Because the defense makes him valuable enough. IKF 1 for 5. Higgy 1 for 5 today. 3 RBIs. I'm ready to move on from Higgy though. Next year, I want Trevino and either Rortved or Wells. We'd like to see what Rortved could do. I don't know why they don't just give him some at-bats. They call them up. The guy could could not exist for all we know because the Yankees just don't use him. He was hurt all year, comes back. They even call him up. Don't use him. They throw him in the minors. Don't ever bring him out. I want to see something from him. If you didn't then, you're not going to now. Um, Aaron Hicks, two for five with an RBI, hit his seventh home run today. So he had a good game today. He's having a good you know, couple of games, but I'm sorry. I got to bring this up. Um, this dude, Aaron Hicks, had the balls to, I don't know if anybody else saw these quotes, complain about not being a consistent part of the team. If you saw the quotes, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not even going to try to paraphrase because I, I don't remember. But basically, the dude was complaining about... He was basically t- complaining about not being able to find rhythm because he's not getting playing time. Dude, you have the fourth most starts on the entire 26-man roster. You have literally been healthy all year for a change. You were given chance after chance after chance and so on. And you've stunk, and now because the Yankees, you know, three months too late, realize that you suck, and are benching you because you suck. Now you want now, you choose to run your mouth. And If this sounds similar, it's because it is. Hicks is literally replicating the same exact quote that Gallo had when he was being interviewed talking about how he can't find a rhythm because he's not seeing everyday at-bats. And speaking of Joey Gallo, Hicks brought up Joey Gallo and talked about how he's doing better under a different organization and a different manager like um Dave Roberts. Which is totally bullshit, because if you look at Gallo's numbers, he's been just as garbage with the Dodgers as he was with the Yankees. I don't understand that whole pity parade. Remember that whole thing? Yankees fans bad? Gallo good? For like a week when he came when he first became a Dodger. But if you're Aaron Hicks, what are you talking about, bro? You've just been absolute garbage. You've been garbage ever since you signed that deal. Like you should have been DFA'd from pro baseball months ago. Since 2018, his only good year. After that, Aaron Hicks has batted 219 with 28 home runs, 107 RBIs, 15 stolen bases, in 264 games. That's 850 at-bats. So, I I don't know. I mean, just just these guys with their sad, poor me quotes, their victim mentality have got to be the softest, softest, mushiest athletes I have ever, ever, ever seen. Ever. Ever. Um speaking of mush, Garrett Cole, five innings, four hits, four runs, three walks, two home runs. Once again, puts the Yankees in an early hole, 3-0 after one inning because of a big home run. There was even an inning later where he was just flirting with with like giving up a third home run. Allowing bombs off the bat, it was loud fly outs. Foul ball, home runs, just super hard contact. And I'm like, oh, here it comes. But he's got, I mean, maybe he just thinks too much. Maybe he's just not that good without spider tack. But he just looks so robotic and so extra scientific out there, if that makes sense. He throws it right down the plate, straight fastballs. It's like you got to mix it up more sometimes your pitch mix, not just your pitch mix, because sometimes I feel like you need to just attack with your fastball, but mix it up by your tempo. Mix up your tempo. But he's not cutting it, man. He's 12 and 7 with a 3.41 ERA. He's allowed 29 home runs this season, which is the most in his career since Pittsburgh in 2017 when he had an ERA north of 4. If the playoffs were tomorrow, <laughs> he's not my game one guy. I'm going Cortez, Severino, Cole, Herman. You could say Cortez, Cole, Severino, Herman since Severino's coming back from injury. You don't know how that's going to be, but he's not my number one. And Frankie Montas, yeah, I left him off because, as I said, the dude, I don't trust him. But you know Montas will be in there. If we're talking realistically, he's probably going to be in there because Cashman traded for him. And there's no way with Cashman's ego that he's not going to put Montas in the rotation in October. Because that's why they got him. He's not going. They're not going to admit defeat. So you're probably going to see the Yankees are probably going to start Cole Game 1 regardless. They're probably going to have Montes in there. Severino, hopefully they don't do the bullpen bullshit with Severino. If he's back and he's going to get three starts before the, or two or three starts before the playoffs, and, and, and the whole thing is true that he was healthy before they put him on the 60, he shouldn't be coming out of the bullpen. He should be starting. He's a starting pitcher. He was starting really, he did a really good job for them this year when he was starting. Don't just switch it up. Start the guy, stop bullshitting him, stop milking him, stop babying him. Start him. What's really going to be interesting is the fourth spot. Who's going to, who's going to get that spot? Is it going to be Domingo Herman? Is it going to be Tyone? Are you going to do some weird thing with a bullpen? I'm going Herman over Tyone. Herman's been way more consistent. Now, you know, it's a shorter sample size, but he's been consistent enough in in a sample size that's pretty decent. I go Herman. The only thing that worries me about Herman is he doesn't throw hard and a lot of the times he gives up hard contact. Leaves you know, his command's not always great, so I could see him getting I can see him imploding in a postseason game, but yeah, I would rather him than Tyon because he gives up bombs. So yeah, if I was managing this team, I'm going Cortez, Cole, Severino, Domingo. That's my four-man rotation in October. The bullpen is interesting. I trust Peralta. I trust Marinaccio. Schmidt's become a guy I like. Lower leverage, but Licky, I have, you know, I like him in lower leverage too. Um, Lasagna seems to be better. But yeah, we got to talk about Holmes. Because Clay Holmes is a problem, and that's official. He's a big problem. I'm sorry. And, and there is just there's no more um there's no more comfort anymore when I watch this guy. He's just not been the same since the first trip of the year to Fenway, or even the Cincinnati series right after that, really. Um his first thirty-eight games of the season, Clay Holmes had a zero point four six ERA. Allowed three inherited runners to score, thirty-two base runners and thirty-nine in a third innings. In his last twenty one games. Clay Holmes supports a six sixty-eight ERA. One inherited runner has scored, forty base runners and twenty point two innings. It's it's that it's the base runners for me, the traffic. He's just wild. He's either hitting a batter. I think he's third and and by pitch relief pitchers or he's throwing a wild pitch at least once or he's walking somebody but when he puts traffic on the bases and that's a lot nowadays he struggles very Chapman like and Chapman lost his job it's not a good sign that heading into the postseason the Yankees both lack an ace and a closer Not a good sign if you're the New York Yankees and you don't have that. But, I will say, (laughs) an underrated part of their bullpen, and maybe this guy should be given a look at closer, as he's done it several times in the past and done it well. Luke Trevino. Kind of quietly flying under the radar, but doing well. In 19 games, 16 innings, as a Yankee, he's Supporting a 113 ERA, 16 strikeouts. Just getting it done. Now there are some control and command issues. You know, 8 walks, um, 2 hit batters in 16 innings is not great. Some inherited runners have scored on him too, 5 in 19 games. But he has gotten the job done more often than not so far. I still want Ron Marinaccio closing for them. But I do just, I feel like it, it's it's like we don't ever talk about Trivino here on the show. So I feel like I should give him some recognition. He's been doing very solid. Um, Hey, Jeff Nelson was in the booth today. Or for the series. They demoted Carlos to the uh, post-game show with Bob. <laughs> Pray for him. Uh, it's funny I was listening to Talking Yanks and they had a really good point It's like they, they were talking about how Jeff Nelson is very honest and brutally honest and and I think it was Jake who wrote it up and it's like maybe it's because he's just playing with house money and the Yankees were like, hey so you're never going to be one of the guys but we'll throw you a couple series a year so Jeff took it and he's like all right let me just fucking see what I want then that's definitely it too but um yeah he I like what he's I like his input. But anywho, uh, the Yankees take this series. No, they don't. The Yankees lose this series, but they take the final game. Um, they avoid the sweep in Milwaukee. Go 1-2 and two this series. 19 runs scored, 19 runs allowed. So a zero-run differential in these three games. And they got the Pirates up next for two. Starting a six-game homestand. Two against Pittsburgh... And then four against Boston. I say you got to sweep Pittsburgh. And and it'd be great to take three or four against Boston. So if you can go five and one, that's ideal. Um, But yeah, there's like 15 or 20. There's less than 20 games. I know that. Less than 20 games remaining. Harrison Bader returns Tuesday. Severino Wednesday. Bader is going to be interesting to see. He's a dude who plays defense. He's fast. He's, he dives for balls. Which is interesting because yeah, it's going to be. Judge has done a really good job in center. But he obviously, he you know, he's made it known. He's been vocal about this before. Judge is very conservative in the outfield. He doesn't make those extra dives as often as, as some other guys will because Judge is 8 feet tall and 280 pounds. Bader is a guy who's going to. Go full out 110% for you. Hustle. Run. He could be a little bit of an energy spark. Great defensive player. His bat is slightly better than Hicks. But without the contract. And yeah, he's got some speed. So maybe he can steal some more bases. Which the Yankees in stolen bases this year, they're stealing. They're sixth. Last year they were 16th. And that was with most of that coming in the second half. So, yeah, it's 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 good that this team is finally starting to play better. They're nine and four in their last thirteen games. That's seven hundred ball, just about. So I'm starting to get I'm starting to get that postseason fall time feeling. You know, I'm kind of just excited to get there now. I just been doing nothing but thinking about watching postseason games at night, outside, and going to the games, and like that's gonna happen again. It's it's I, I feel the nostalgia. I'm 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 ready for it, man. Here's the thing, though. It also feels like the same shit with the Yankees. Key guys on the team are hurt. They're coming back at the quote-unquote right time, but not really right enough because it's right before the postseason. So you can't really get into a full season's worth of rhythm. And it's always the same story. Guys just get back in time, and it's always if, 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 if. If if Stanton can produce and stay healthy. If Rizzo can do this. If DJ can return to who he was. If this, if that. If we can get Cole to pitch on... uh, like an ace, like so many ifs, and Yankees fans fall for this if shit every fucking year. It never goes like it never goes like it is on paper. With the whole ifs, the hype train propaganda from Yes Network fools zoo people every year. If this and if that. Anywho, that's it. Let's head to break. When we get back from break. We'll wrap it up with the NYYMYK MMA question of the day. We'll do RJ's parlay, and we'll also do another segment of Who Am I? Stay with us. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. We will be right back here on BD4. Hey, fellas. I've noticed that only a small percentage of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast and want to be alerted every time a new episode drops consider subscribing and hitting that notification bell. This way, we can help the podcast grow and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, so if you guys want to follow me on social media, I'm on Facebook, RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram, at Rob J. Carbone. That's Facebook, RJ Carbone, and on Instagram, I'm at Rob J. Carbone. So BD4 is on so many different platforms now. You can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and plenty other listening platforms. You can also watch the podcast on YouTube and Spotify. And if you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five star rating and review as we are currently a five-star podcast and would love to keep it that way. And if you watch the podcast on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the BD4 YouTube channel. Download, listen, watch, share it, do all of that stuff to help us grow. Welcome back to BD4. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You are listening to episode 406 of the podcast. Now, we're going to start off with a... uh, Another segment of Who Am I? Where I describe a former Yankee. I tell you how many years... I tell you which years he played for the Yankees and other teams. And then I'm going to give you a hint which hand he either bats or throws with. Depending on if he's a hitter or a batter or a pitcher. So for this episode's segment of Who Am I? This player... Let me pull it up real quick. Alright, so who am I? I played for the Yankees in 1950. Then served in the military from 51 to 52. And then played for the Yankees again from 53 to 67. Who am I? I'll say it one more time. I played for the Yankees in 1950. Served in the military... In 51 and 52, then finished out and played for the Yankees from 53 to 67. I am also, or I was, I should say, also a left-handed pitcher. That's the hint you're getting. I was a left-handed pitcher. Who am I? Now you get one minute to guess this, and that one minute starts right now. Ford, played for the Yankees in 1950, served in the military service, provided military service in 1951 to 1952, and then played for the Yankees again from 1953 to 1967. Left-handed pitcher, Whitey Ford. Our next segment of the show, let's get to RJ's parlay. Let's get to it. Welcome to RJ's Parlay, where my degenerate self breaks down tonight's parlay. If I miss, it's not surprising. If I hit, I'll probably miss tomorrow night. Because that's how this works. Welcome to RJ's Parlay. Tonight's parlay, we had, uh well, it was this afternoon's parlay, we hit... We finally cashed. We had the New York Yankees money line versus the Milwaukee Brewers. We had Garrett Cole with seven plus strikeouts. We had Alec Manoa with four plus strikeouts in the Toronto game. And then we had Jordan Montgomery in the Cardinals game with three plus strikeouts. Each one of those hit at plus 113. Finally hit our big parlay. I have one for this NFL game. It looks like it's not going to hit because we're running out of time here. And I still don't have the over, and I still don't have Aaron Rodgers' yards. 24-10 Green Bay. By the way, the Giants look great. Um, and then let's wrap it up now with our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day. Real quick, going to head to break. Be right back. Welcome back to BD4, episode 406. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You're listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA now, too. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA occasionally on weekends. Let's wrap it up with our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day for episode 406. So, for this episode, 406, our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day is, Outside of Babe Ruth, name one New York Yankee from the 1923 roster. Outside of Babe Ruth, name one New York Yankee from the 1923 roster. Let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. If you get the answer correct, I'll give you a shout-out in the next episode. If you get it incorrect, but at least to attempt to guess the answer, I'll let you know what it is in the next show. Outside of Babe Ruth, name one New York Yankee from the 1923 roster. Guys, that is it. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and this is episode 406 in the books. And I will see you in the next episode of the show. We play the Pirates for two, so I'll see you after that one. And then we play the Red Sox for four, which I am going to one of those games. I'm going to the Friday game, which is perfect timing, because not only did I buy tickets in the summer for this, so I didn't have to buy a billion Spend a billion bucks because they're probably so expensive now with Judge coming up on 62. But it's perfect timing because I might be at the game where he hits 62. Hopefully he doesn't get too hot and doesn't get too cold during this week so it works out perfectly and he gets it on Friday, which for me I would love because I'm going to be there in the bleachers. Uh, Some might not love it because it's going to be the Apple TV game, but (laughs) I'm excited. Thanks, guys, and I'll see you in the next one. All right. Ciao. This episode was brought to you by Anchor.